You're listening to the Fantasy 40 Podcast with Andrew Burke, John DeBari, and Matt Walker. Yahoo! Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast. Myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check them out. Lots of advanced stats, data stuff, getting ready for... uh, NFL draft can compare and contrast some combine numbers, pro days with these guys, other guys in past draft classes. Use the promo code 40, get four days for free for a couple days there. Check it out before you subscribe. We are four weeks out from the NFL draft. How to fill four weeks? There are four fantasy viable positions. So, this week, we're going to start with quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, and then weeks to come, we're going to go over our dynasty rankings uh, pre-draft at all these positions. This was Walk's idea, so I'm going to kick it over to you, sir, and you can uh, take this whichever direction you choose. How you doing? John, you set the table just magnificently there. <laughs> I mean, I'm, honest, I'm just sitting back like almost like I was a listener. To the podcast, they're like, "Oh man, I'm excited about this! Like, this all makes sense." There's four weeks. There's four fantasy viable positions. Sorry, IDP and kicker friendly leagues, but you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end are the bread and butter of fantasy and dynasty football. So, figured, what better time to take a temperature of our top twelve by position than in this down period between the chaos that was free agency in the off season and this you know the draft of where everything really starts humming a- after that point in time and what i find most interesting we're going to start with quarterbacks today is you know we're going to include the rookies in the rankings right now uh, so or or maybe not who knows i intend to probably have a rookie or two in my Top 12 at certain oh, positions. Oh, I did, I did not, but I don't think anyone's cracking my top oh, 12. Oh, and I said, but ironically, that would not be a carrying at the quarterback position right now. I mean, Malik, Malik Willis is dripping with upside, but he's a lot of projection, and then there's no one beyond him that should even be in consideration. And we even pushed it to 16 for a top, top half quarterback, you know, even just in this optimistic dynasty you know, world that we live in, but we're going to start with quarterbacks today. You made the mistake of sending me your list ahead of time. And I said, I'm going to refrain. So we get a little, you know, raw emotion. Didn't uh, know it was a secret. Uh, I, will, I, I will not share the future editions with you. Yeah. So you know, we can have some, some points of contention, um, you know, and, and get real live reaction going forward. But you know, with quarterback, it's, there, there's not a ton of, of variance. I mean, in going through our list, and we'll just run them down right now, and we'll push a little further. We'll go to 16. Is you know, you you took the time yesterday to, I believe, rank all 32 quarterbacks currently starting. Yeah, 35. I got some okay. Backup bums down there. You just had to get Teddy Bridgewater in there because of your your affinity for Teddy Tripod. But we're, <laughs> we'll go to 16 here and. Gift. Jeez, man, it's undeniable. Um, John DeBarry's top 16 quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Barrow, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Fields. I did include one more because I had to go 17 for you. Trey Lance. 17 uh, on yours. I found it interesting that you had Fields and Lance bookmarked at the right at that mid tier uh, quarterback. For me, it's not going to be a lot of different names, slightly different orders. I also have Josh Allen one. I think I think that happened last year um, for for Josh Allen of ascending to the the QB one throne over Patrick Mahomes. I still do have Mahomes at two. I have Herbert at three. So we just have him flip flop there. We both have Burrow at four. I have Deshaun Watson at five, Kyler Murray six, Lamar Jackson seven, Justin Fields eight, Dak Prescott nine, Russell Wilson ten, Trey Lance eleven, Tua Tungavailoa twelve, Trevor Lawrence thirteen, Matthew Stafford fourteen, Jalen Hurts fifteen, Aaron Rodgers sixteen. So I have this all in front of me. You're just hearing it for the first time. Couple, go ahead. 
I'm, I'm scribbling down. So I've got <laughs> now. I now I have yours. Pen to paper. And, and for anyone that doesn't know, that's an absolute fact. John wrote these <laughs> down, potentially pencil to paper. I wouldn't be wouldn't put beyond them. Probably is one of those old fashioned sharpeners still mounted to a wall somewhere in your house, even though you just moved <laughs> into a new house. But um, so the top three, I mean, the first I thing I moved in, there you go. You just you listen, bolted into the wall creature comforts. So on the top end, I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, if people want to argue Josh Allen, not being QB one, I would love to hear your argument. Um, he was QB one last year and he brings the passing ceiling with the rushing ceiling that few other quarterbacks actually do <laughs> talk about a lot of them. He is the true dual threat. Um, he's had between six and nine rushing touchdowns every year, and he's going to give you 100-plus rushing attempts on top of probably low-end quarterback one just passing stats if he were a statue in the pocket. So I, I think it's good that we're both there. Save us the time. Mahomes and Herbert, uh, I think they're clear 2-3. You went Herbert over Mahomes. I don't know if that is due to age, if that is due to you know the, what has been transpiring in Kansas City recently, but Regardless, they are two and three for us. So let's we'll not believe it. I put Joe Barrow. If if you want to to jump into that real quick, just sure. flip flop, Mahomes to me, especially among the top guys, he is the. Uh, give me a couple weeks into the season to see what Kansas City looks like without Tyreek Hill. I'm, you know, I, people were like, well, well, Mahomes is still there. Kansas City's going to be fine. I'm firmly of the belief Mahomes is a product of Tyreek Hill more than Hill was of Mahomes. I think that's very similar for Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey didn't start exploding until teams had to account for um, Tyreek Hill on the field. So I am very open to moving Mahomes down into that seven, eight range. If, I mean, they're not going to bring in anybody that's either remaining in free agency, even who's the biggest name, Odell Beckham, who ain't what he used to be. But even if it was old Odell Beckham or any of the top wide receivers in his draft class, nobody's bringing to the table what Tyreek Hill does. So I, I think that offense was largely predicated on Hill and his skill set. And I, they're not bringing anybody in that's going to replicate that. And, and we've talked about it before where – Mahomes is hyper-targeting those two guys. Well, one of them's gone, and no one else is coming in there as good as him. I, I think Mahomes and the Chiefs have a real down season. I'm not a big fan. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's there's people that are talking about the Chiefs finishing fourth in the AFC West. This I think year. I'm there. And I don't know that. I mean, it, it, it's, the, the Raiders, I, I think, are a, a quality team, but – I don't think the Raiders are leaps and bounds better than the Chiefs, even on paper at present. But they have been passed um, by the the Chargers and by the Denver Broncos. But, I mean, listen, <laughs> if you want to be disappointed by the Chargers, just come to our weekly group that meets every time they're on the road <laughs> and they fucking lay an egg at a 1 o'clock game East Coast. So it, I, everyone just anointing them because of the offseason they've had. I mean, I've – Listen, I've witnessed the, the Philadelphia Dream Team fall flat on its face years ago. I have been touting these Chargers for the last several years now, only to watch them be mediocre at best. So let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit on you know Chargers to the Super Bowl just because they had a quality offseason. This all still has to come together. Not saying it won't, but I think that we're throwing dirt on the KC grave a little too early. I I did say that. The offense was was forced to evolve last year, and Andy Reid is said said as such. I mean, at the owners' meeting this week, he made some reference to getting away from the smaller, faster receivers. As the way that defenses started playing them, were really limiting that explosive upside. And now they sounds like they're kind of going back to the kind of the bigger, more physical model. Like at least it sounds like that's where they're they're going. I also didn't know, and this is totally tangential. Did you know that Marquez Valdez Scanling is six foot four? I knew he was tall. I, I knew tall. I thought six two. I mean, I don't know why six four just seems like much larger than he is. But yes, he is. He is six foot four. So sp- speed, but big speed, uh, I think is slightly different. I'm not going to go as far as you did with you know, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But it sounded a lot like Hill made Mahomes, not Mahomes made Hill. And I think 
they're mutually beneficial. I mean, what Hill does after the catch is going to benefit any quarterback. Hence my Tua Tungavailoa being ranked in the top 12 um, going forward because that's just an undeniable advantage. Kelsey is aging. There's no two ways around that. I mean, he was the tight end one for, what, five straight years before this past year where he fell all the way to tight end two behind (laughs) Mark Andrews. So we still have a Kelsey there. You did bring in Juju. You did bring in Valdez Scantling. I thought they did a poor job of of getting receivers after those two the last several years. I mean, they they made attempts with the Josh Gordons and signing Miko Hardman to try and replicate Tyreek Hill's speed. But I mean, the Byron Pringles and the Denard the the, the what's Robinson's first name? I was going to say Denard is definitely not. Denard Robinson. We know who the fuck I'm talking Once about. Once you said it's it, irrelevant. No, I can't, no, I can't yeah, stop I'm thinking. Just thinking of sho- I'm just thinking of shoelace. Um, yes. That guy, you know, it, they're just not, they're, they're not, they're like wide receiver fours, you know, and even though Chicago seems to think Byron Brinkle's a wide receiver one, apparently, but they're just, they haven't developed good enough behind them. And you can't just live off of those two guys exclusively. That's why Mahomes hyper targeted them is because of the lack of viable options underneath. I'm curious to see really what they do with these draft picks now. That they Demarcus. Have. Demarcus. Demarcus <laughs> Robinson. Sorry, sir. Um, no, no offense intended. Um, but they have to use at least one of those first round picks on a receiver. I mean, yeah, like a George Pickens. You know, talking about a big body, willing blocker. I mean that would be that would be interesting. And if you tell me he has a a Travis Kelsey, George Pickens, Juju Smith Schuster, you know, sprinkle in a little one or two games of Josh Gordon coming out of nowhere off the top rope to have a big game. I, I still think Mahomes deserves top three consideration right now. I mean, he was quarterback four last year. I mean, 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Gave you another 381 on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's he doesn't run enough in the regular season. You see it in the postseason. He's He runs reckless in the postseason, but he's made it clear. Like, I, yeah, I do that in the postseason, you know, where it's win or go home. I, he, he has a higher rushing upside than he will probably ever present in the regular season but i'm just real interested to see what the kansas city chiefs do uh going forward because spoiler alert and i think i said this when we did the free agent tyler Hill is not worth that contract so i understand why kansas city wasn't willing to meet those demands i mean he's i think a 27 year old wide receiver who his game is predicated on speed like i'm not i'm not trying to deal with that four years from now like i i how many years was his jackson deal? experience it's a four-year deal I think that's perfect. I, I think it can be, but you're you're making a lot of assumptions for a lot of cash on the back end of that deal. Sure. You know, so I, I get why they decide to move on. So and I get that. And Herbert, sexy as they come, right? Just you know, a, a charger fucking air bear slinger. It's the it's the air bear offense, not the air raid offense at, at this point in time. Throw first team, sixty one percent past a run ratio last year. Just the stars have aligned for this kid. Resigned Mike Williams, still have Keenan Allen there, brought in Gerald Everett. They're going to just keep presenting this kid with weapons. Yeah. You know, so long as he's on his rookie deal. Like, so he clearly earns the, the, the right to be in that top three conversation at this point in time. I mean, talking about the rushing, Justin Herbert was 63 rushes, 302 yards, and three touchdowns. So very similar to what Mahomes did. But Herbert put up over 5,000 passing yards in his sophomore season, 38 Boy. touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I mean, so he was second in the NFL – I'm sorry, third in the NFL in passing touchdowns behind only Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, who are statue quarterbacks. Yeah. Herbert does bring some with his legs. He was also second in passing yards behind ironically fucking enough Tom Brady by 300 yards when Brady threw it 719 times compared to uh, Air Bears 672. So it's probably on a per attempt basis extremely similar production between those two gentlemen. So this, the arrow is pointing all the way up for yeah. Justin Herbert. Next is Joe Barrow for both of us. I think we saw what Joe Barrow is capable of. I don't think the playoffs are any indication. Things get real ugly in the playoffs. But the last five games of the regular season, when it seems like they finally, like, 
unleashed Joe Barrow. He averaged 355 passing yards, 2.4 touchdowns, and 0.4 interceptions per game. Went toe-to-toe Mahomes in one of those games in Week 17 to secure their playoff berth. Threw for, didn't he th- threw for 500 yards one week. I mean, this guy just – Two it. weeks, didn't he? I think one was four-something, one was five-something. If I recall correctly, I can probably get those as I'm just looking with, at With this. over 900 and – oh, yeah, it had to be because it, was it wasn't over 1,000 in two games. It was yeah. over 900. All right, so, yeah, so uh, he went 525 against Baltimore in Week 16, 525 and four touchdowns, and then he went 446 and four touchdowns against KC. <laughs> The following week, so nice, just nice. shy of a thousand yards and eight touchdowns in a two-week stretch. I Yay, mean, fantasy playoffs! You don't see that from players. Like I, I don't know that there's been. I mean, fact check me. No, I believe that's the, the record for two games. I'm thinking just total fantasy points. So even like he didn't do anything rushing. He had seven carries for 21 yards. I mean, I I can't imagine that you know a Michael Vick stretch hit that. Did a Lamar Jackson. You know, two week performance in his MVP season. I'm just trying to think, guys, like, no one did it passing, but just from a fantasy point from a quarterback position, probably untouched as well. The guy was on fire, has tied to Jamar Chase, has T. Higgins. I mean, they, they have a good running back in Joe Mixon will be there for the next, you know, probably two plus years. Tyler, Tyler Boyd is a great slot wide receiver three. I think they actually upgraded bringing Hayden Hurst in this year. So even though it's a one year deal, if they could just address that tight end position for him, I mean, yeah. good lord! And they and they finally address the offensive line, so he's not this just punching bag for opposing defensive lines where he actually might get some time to throw this year. I mean, I'm going to be interested, and and the division has gotten better as well with the inclusion of Deshaun Watson and. I even Mitchell Trubisky to the Pittsburgh offense. That's an upgrade to the Steelers offense. Sorry, Steelers fans. Big Ben was not competition these last two years. So Get some they might shootouts. have to shoot out much like the AFC Westwood. So right there with you and Barrow at four. You have Kyler Murray at five. I have him at six. I have Deshaun Watson at five. You have him at six. So again, right in the same spot. I'm just going to go on record. If there was no suspension, if it's already – deemed that Deshaun Watson was playing week one of this season, I would have him at four above Barrow. Yeah, I, I just because we haven't seen him in so long, I mean don't care. There to me there there can be some rust. I I don't like his weapons, so as much as his weapons have sucked by and large. <laughs> I mean, yes, he had nuke and then he was like the Will Fuller deep ball, but he had precious little ever other than that. So, I mean, to have an Amari Cooper plus a decent ancillary set of weapons in Donovan Peoples-Jones and Njoku, I, I don't know that it's epically better, wor- epically worse than what he was dealing with in Houston. But, I mean, that's the only reason I have him behind Murray. And and Murray's somebody else I could be bumping down. I mentioned <laughs> Mahomes, the reasoning for that. I, I don't, you know, he's on a, a, a shit franchise. Arizona has mishandled many things <laughs> over several decades, you know, this little back and forth, this off season with him and the team and whether they're happy, not happy. There, there were the rumor of them <clears throat> trading Murray to Carolina and possibly bringing Mayfield in. Cause Mayfield knows pass. cliff and like th- th- there's where there's smoke, there's fire. This guy don't ever forget that he has baseball to fall back on. If he really wants to get the fuck out of there. So He's not in just because of where he is and who he's surrounded with and who he plays for. That is a very generous five for me. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could give a fuck about contract demands, honestly, of, of these players. I, I'm team get every penny you can, but I, I'm also not of the one where it's like you, you have to be this social media presence and, and air that all out. I, I also think there's probably better ways to go about it. I just I I just wrote it as I had some notes and said I don't know what to do with this petulant child because it feels very much like my children when they're not getting their way <laughs> and, and I just it's not how you conduct yourself when he doesn't run he's fantasy irrelevant and he, he's such volatility and it's never in the frequency of his rushes mm-hmm. he was I think seven rushes per game his first two years and then only six this past year I believe is what I Matt I came up with but what I saw that that kind of bared notice was in week 13 so after coming back from his injury um this year he scored 17.9 fantasy points rushing alone he had two touchdowns and 59 yards in that game 
the rest of the season, weeks 14 through 18, he scored a total of 21.7 fantasy points on the ground. It's just night and day. I mean, he has that boom week where yeah, he gets two touchdowns, but he was he had he was just useless other than that. He had 217 rushing yards the the next five weeks, scoreless, not impactful. And one of the games he had like a it's like a 50 yard run against the Colts too. So explosive run in there to even get to that number, but he needs that to really pop. I you talk about moving him down. I had trouble not <laughs> moving him down right now yeah. on this because I own Kyler Murray in a shit ton of places, and I don't personally value him this high. Like I, I just don't. He's have you one- tried to move him? It's funny. I acquired him in one league. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just the dearth of top end quarterbacks. Sure. I traded Saquon and, and Carson Wentz for Kyler Murray in a super flex league. It's a good deal. Yeah, I mean, as much as I still am here for Carson, it was a no-brainer for me. I had the depth at running back. Saquon, his value is might have already peaked. Who knows? And if it hasn't, you know, if he had, does anything this year, fucking sell him as quickly as you can. But I'm just still skeptical that Mary is really a top six dynasty quarterback. To be honest with you, yeah, it's just there's enough run. red flags. When you think think of where we were a year ago, he's obviously trending down. I mean, last year people were like, Murray's got a shot at being QB1. And now, look, I mean, who are we? But the two of us are sitting here going, oh, I got him at five and six, and I don't even like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a year from now, it could be 10. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, he, he gets dinged up every year because he's 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 a, he's a wee little fellow. And he's, he takes a shot here or there, and it's either it's his shoulder or it was his ankle this past year. I mean, he just it, it's going to make him more risk averse going forward, especially as he's trying to secure the fucking bag right now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not going to put himself in harm's way and, and risk that. You know, like to your point, when he has baseball to fall back on, should he should he should he want to go to something a little less painful uh, on his body? So I don't know. Yeah, this is one that's. That was so placeholdery for me. Um, I almost want to put Lamar Jackson over him. Both of us have Lamar Jackson at seven, but th- he's another one. And listen, recency, yeah, I'm going full recency bias here, but it seems like 2019 was a lifetime ago Yeah, for him when he had that MVP season where all the stars aligned with the, you know, the, the deep ball passing and the rushing production. 2021 was an absolute disaster for the Baltimore Ravens. And then Lamar Jackson goes and gets hurt on top of it. But he just didn't look he didn't look right before he got hurt. That offense was Mickey Mouse. Like it just there didn't look like there was any structure. It looked like it was Sandlot football from from Snap. You know, like if he didn't read something he was running or he was just, you know, scrambling for his life until some hopefully someone opened up, or he's like peppering Hollywood Brown underneath for like 15 targets at five yards per clip. Like an absolute disaster last year where I want to give it to pass. But he's also, in his age 26 season, he's heavily relying upon rushing production to be a top seven dynasty quarterback. I don't ever think he'll get there from a passing perspective. He's decent. He's never going to be a guy that's going to throw for, even in a 17-game season, I don't see you know, mid-4,000-yard, 30-touchdown passing seasons from him. I, I don't. So once that 1,000-yard rushing season starts becoming 700 yards, and then it's 500 yards, and then it's 500 yards and less touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know that I envision Lamar Jackson moving up my rankings ever again. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, the upside is obviously there. Can he be QB1 in a season? Yes, we've seen it. But, but you know, looking back at last year, the injuries, like you said, the, the more the injuries pile up, the rushing is going to go down, and, and the – the floor will likely come quick <laughs> and fall swift. off the cliff. Yeah, it'll be swift. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get it, and he he's a good value there. I mean, uh, we were talking about Murray and the questions with him. I could, I could happily bump him over Murray if you know two weeks into the year he looks a little healthier and Murray doesn't. So <laughs> there, there's some wiggle room in this spot, but I, I agree with everything. I think that's why we both have him at seven. Yeah, I mean, listen, Baltimore needs to get their shit together. They just extended Harbaugh. You know, hopefully they're getting Dobbins and Gus Edwards back to, you know, help that rushing game that was led by Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray last year. 
and you know progression from Rashad Bateman. You know they they have the the new tight end one in Mark Andrews, and Hollywood Brown is still a competent wide receiver too. It's just I don't know. There's they, something needs to change, and that something can't be that he runs less. I mean he still needs ten plus rushing attempts per game. He still needs that. Yeah, you know five to seven touchdown upside per season on top of you know being a you know yeah having the potential of what just even two passing touchdowns a game <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. i don't think that's asking too much but i mean he averaged i mean he had 26 and 16 26 and 15 games in 2020 and he had 16 and 12 games in 2021 so looking at what just shy of two in 2020 and one and a third passing touchdowns per game in 21 that ain't getting it done. That that's not dynasty quarterback seven stuff. Well, I mean, think about the way not you and I, but think about the way everybody views the Ravens wide receivers. I mean, th- that's directly tied to Jackson's limitations as a passer. Bateman, as much as people loved him before the draft, <laughs> not so much now. Marquise Brown is a boomer bust guy, but nobody's like counting on him week in and week out, even though he had a nice year last year. We both like Devin Duvernay, but you get to wide receiver three, that guy's not even in the conversation. Watkins did nothing. Boykin did nothing. Prochet did nothing. Tylen Wallace, who they brought in, what, last year? Nothing. So there's names that people liked. People are down on them because they play for the Ravens and get balls thrown to them by Lamar Jackson, an offense that just isn't volume-heavy enough to make them important. And that's a reflection on Jackson. Yeah, I mean, that's very well said. I thought that Rashad Bateman showed glimmers. I mean, what he had the core muscle surgery to, to start the season, so he didn't he didn't get off to the best start. No, he's not know, bad. Possible, but like but I said, he's not an alpha, right? I mean, and, and this is a team that's always between – plays designed where Jackson's going to run the ball or run play option where Jackson runs the ball or somebody else. And like you said, Dobbins is back healthy. Uh, Gus should be back healthy. Those are guys that the team likes and they like to run the ball too. So it's just not a system that's favorable for quarterback numbers unless your quarterback's getting it with his legs. I mean, that was even the case when Huntley was in there. Yeah. Huntley. Yeah Tyler, yeah, Tyler Huntley. The irony of it is the last five weeks of the season, so weeks 14 to 18, I think that corresponds with when uh, Lamar Jackson was out. Rashad Bateman was wide receiver 54, and Marquise Brown was wide receiver 76. Over that period of time, I mean, they weren't even wide receiver fours last season uh, You know, to, to close the season, which is <laughs> – not good, but beyond that, so again, that top seven, we have the same top seven, just different orders. Now we we start to differentiate a little bit, and your man crush, Russell Wilson, still hanging on at eight. He's 10 for me. So not disrespecting, <laughs> two spots. Yeah, not disrespecting him, but um, 33 years old is 34, age 34 season. Yes, he went to Denver. They have tremendous weapons there. They have – Everything he had in 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 uh, Seattle and more, a better O line and a probably a better rushing game at present with Javante Williams over what he had in in end game Chris Carson and even you know hurts me to say it but my boy Rashad Penny but he and a probably and an emerging defense where his defense was yeah. was descending but he also finds himself in the AFC West so that defense is only going to get you so far. So he'll have to be in shootouts, and I'm there with it. He did say he wants to play another 10 years, and I don't doubt it. I mean, he can play into his 40s. He just hasn't brought the passing volume with him that, you know, and and will the efficiency stay where it has historically been for him? I mean, he averaged 13.1 rushing yards per game in 2021. It's only the second time his career was under 21.4. I mean, and he had seasons where he was over 50 yards per game rushing. I mean, so he has eliminated that aspect from his game as he ages, and it's not going to come back at altitude and mile high. So now he is a mobile pocket passer. I, you know, who's maintained these sick touchdown to interception ratios and been wildly efficient his entire career. Now he's got to acclimate to to new players, new environment, 
and hope to maintain the, that same efficiency. I mean, could he throw more? Sure, I, I hope so, because he was always throttled in Seattle. But I have a little bit of concern that, that Russ's best days are behind him as well. I mean, certainly like, likely at that age. But, you know, we, we've talked about it when throughout the year when Denver was losing Sutton and Judy. And you go, man, they still have three good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. This is one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in the league. And and that hasn't changed. So I, I think weapons-wise, as far as depth, I mean, he's always had a good one and two in Seattle. But I think he, this is the best receiving group he's had as far as depth goes. And even if the efficiency, you know, we've seen this with, with running backs and other players. If the efficiency dips, I think, you know, we usually see it the opposite way. Uh, the volume goes down, but his efficiency might go up. I, I think it might be the opposite here. He may be less efficient, but I think Den- in Denver, he's more likely to see a little more volume than he saw in Seattle. So I think any dips in the efficiency, he'll will get made up on the back end by just sheer volume. But the, the, the age is obviously a concern, but he's been lucky well, not lucky. He's been very good at avoiding big hits. That guy is very slippery. He knows when to get out of bounds. He knows when to get down. He doesn't take the hits that we see Jackson or Murray. I mean, that's he doesn't run anymore. That's, that's why. That's he doesn't run anymore. So he doesn't you know, worry about those hits. In, until last year, he was super durable. And it's not like he hurt his knee on a running play or something. He whacked his finger on somebody's helmet, if I'm not mistaken. Which, stupid Aaron Donald. That's yes. Like, that to ruin everything. Which, <laughs> It does happen from time to time with quarterbacks. So short quarterbacks too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I'm pretty comfortable with him there. Does he play ten years to forty three? I don't know, but can we get seven years to forty? I think so for sure. So I was happy with him at eight. Yeah, he was quarterback thirteen on a points per game basis last year, and I'm sure he, one of these games he left early. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But twenty point four points per FF today scoring, which was a distant thirteen to number twelve. Kirk Cousins, who was twenty two point five, so a full two points below him. Almost seemed like a tear break. More in line with Derek Carr's twenty point two, and even Ryan Tannehill's flat twenty. So that's kind of how I see him. I think he's going to live in that edge of quarterback one range. I just know he's going to be consistent for the next handful of years. Um, sure. You know, so it's why I'm not going to bump him all the way outside of my top 10. I did have Justin Fields at eight. You had Justin Fields all the way down at 16. I know you didn't like Justin Fields, so it doesn't surprise me one bit that you had him that low. And he hasn't done anything to justify my projection. Of him. <laughs> um, I also don't expect him to be a top 10 quarterback in 2022. You know, these are, these are a dynasty quarterback rankings. I think he is going to be left holding the bag again this year in Chicago, as they have done next to nothing to help him. They have made laughable additions to their wide receiver room in Byron Pringle and Equinemia St. Brown. They have not done anything of note to their offensive line, which needed help. And their defense is worse. And they traded away Khalil Mack. Trading Khalil Mack. They are going full tank rebuild. Um, under the new regime, and Justin Fields could suffer because of it. I mean, we have seen this story before where guys are just beaten beyond repair. Now, looking at David Carr during his time with the Houston Texans, where he just absorbed the brunt of a rebuild for a shit team and couldn't come out the other side. I just I saw enough flashes for Justin Fields that knowing he's going to get the full – reigns this year where Nagy's not going to be playing yo-yo ball between him and Andy Dalton of just threatening him seems like every week to to pull him on a whim if shit's not going right because Nagy was literally coaching for his life and knew when every win meant another day for him there I just I had Justin Fields ranked pretty highly last year as a rookie I intentionally acquired him a number of places and I still remain optimistic in the ability it is just going to take at least another year of fixing that issue in Chicago for it to come to fruition yeah when he was drafted I mean that that was what I had said too I think he is going to be a victim of circumstance I, I wasn't that high on him coming in and I think he landed in the worst possible spot He he's learning another system now He's got no help that like, you just went through who they brought in. The defense is worse. I, I, I think they're going to ruin his career. That's why he's as low as I have him. 
Yeah, I mean, entirely possible. Um, he's a guy that I could I, I clearly aren't, aren't going to be moving him up any further uh, by this time next year. I just believe he belongs in the QB1 conversation, but he could certainly be moved down a peg or two, you know, based upon what the Bears do or do not do for him, not even on this year, but going into next year, because they don't even have a first-round pick this year if they traded it to acquire Justin Fields. So they don't even have the ammunition to really get one of these top-tier pass catchers. And their first pick in the second round, do you really target wide receiver when you still have a ton of holes on your offensive line and across your entire defense? Probably not. Um, so, and they didn't even seem like they made attempts at any of the – Kind of the top tier free agent, no. either. So they uh, were accepting their lot uh, in life this year, unfortunately. So we'll see uh, who is closer to right on Mr. Justin Fields. After that, we have both have Dak Prescott at nine. He's in his age twenty nine season, and before we went live, you were talking about a trade for him, and I pulled some stats in Dak's last twenty one games. He has totaled sixty six rushing attempts for two hundred and thirty nine yards and four touchdowns. So obviously his his injury shortened 2020 season it was factored in here. The four years prior he averaged 60 r- rushes for 305 yards and four touchdowns per year. I just wrote you his total over 21 games where he didn't even come close to his prior four years total. That ankle injury has sapped his ability and probably his desire to run. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so because it was on a scramble. But and he's 29 years, you know, he's in his 29 year old age season. He is going to start going the way of Russell Wilson, where he is going to have to maintain outrageous production as a pocket passer. And he can do it. I mean, he had just shy of 600 attempts last year, you know, almost roughly 4,500 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But, you know, it's that's required now. So does that. Is that a does that a QB one make? And now there's no Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup's coming back from injury, so we're gonna have slight rough start to the season where he's just gonna be type hyper targeting Ceedee Lamb and, and Dalton Schultz, and they're probably gonna be very run heavy. I just I think that injury was a pivot point for Dak Prescott as a dynasty quarterback, and I think he is gonna slowly work his way down to being a very marginal QB one in another year or so, personally. Yeah, you mentioned before we were recording, talking about a, a Dak trade, and uh, I'm I'm backing out of it because I just want too much. And yeah, looking at his age and all the other things that go into it, if if he's if he's not running anymore and doesn't get those goal line, you know, those little one yard over the goal line, get a score here and there, his value is pretty capped. Yeah. I mean that that's where I'm at. But we still had him at nine. So it's it's not a disrespect to, to Dak yeah. Prescott. But I think we do this these rankings in twenty twenty four. I am comfortably gonna say that Dak Prescott's gonna be outside of my QB one. Right. I mean the thing with him is they have a good offense in general, and you want the quarterback on a good offense. It'll be interesting to see what it's like without Cooper. I don't think he's that good as I kind of mentioned when we were talking about Watson. So I, I, I don't think that's really what was making this Dallas offense go. So I, I'm curious to see what it'll look like without him, with Gallup kind of taking that next step and a bigger role for um, Noah Brown. And we, Zeke might be washed. Right, James Washington, buddy. That's open that's, too, yeah. Yeah, that was, and, that was a sneaky addition. And, and Pollard's one of the better backup running backs, even if Zeke isn't peak Zeke anymore. So I, I still think – Having Prescott as part of a high-powered offense, he, he's still going to be in that QB1 conversation. Yeah, I mean, only the Dallas Cowboys could just trade away Amari Cooper to get out from under his contract and still not be considered light at the position. I mean, they prepared for it. once they, You knew once CeeDee Lamb was drafted that the clock was ticking on Amari Cooper. We discussed that ad nauseum but the fact they re-sign Gallup you know to keep him in town through the rehab they go and get James Washington on a cheap deal they still do have the, the Noah Browns of the world who and probably Malik Turner I would assume is going to re-sign if he hasn't already with them and then they have Dalton Schultz and those running backs you know so yeah they'll be fine without Amari Cooper but I mean it's still ultimately a downgrade moving from him to the 10 I told you Russell Wilson was my 10 you have Matthew Stafford at 10 he's down at 14 for me Matthew Stafford is in his eight 
age 35 season, but he's under contract because they extended him with the Rams through the 2026 season, which would be his age 39 season. I do still envision three plus years of just peak Stafford. You know, they, they brought in Allen Robinson. It sounds like they intend to re-sign Odell Beckham if it'll work. Cooper Cup is still there. They have decent pass catching tight ends and running backs, and it's McVay. You know, so that's gonna they're gonna keep Matthew Stafford extremely viable. He's just another one that just does not run whatsoever. I mean, he'll run in the playoffs, sure, but he's another one that during the regular season, thirty-two attempts, forty-three yards for Matthew Stafford. So you need this forty-nine hundred yard, forty-one touchdown production from him to return even that QB one value. He was QB nine last year, so I'm just a little more tentative that he's going to be as productive. They didn't really have a run game this year. They were making it work. And hopefully, you know, they'll defer a little bit more to balance with Cam Akers coming back next year. Yeah, I mean, just knowing knowing his age is the big ding on him. But, you know, we, we've talked about it. These guys are playing until they're 40 at a, at a high level. You mentioned McVay being tied to a good offense with good wide receiver. You know, it's the opposite of Lamar Jackson. You know, he's got he's got wide receivers. You go, okay, this guy, even if he takes a little bit of a step back, he's got receivers that can help him kind of maintain that level of production you're kind of used to. And yeah, if we're talking ten years ago, do I want a thirty four year old quarterback? No. But what has been happening in the NFL lately, you know, I, I think you've got a few years of quality production to still come out of him. That's why I still have him in the top ten. Agreed. Yeah, no argument. After this, gets uh, gets more interesting. Uh, you have Trevor Lawrence at eleven. I have Trevor Lawrence at thirteen. We're not clearly terrified of what transpired in Jacksonville. I believe this is very much more attributed to what what uh, Urban Meyer did than what Trevor Lawrence did or didn't do. But still, twelve touchdowns, seventeen interception, rookie season is very tough to swallow. If and he, if he stinks this year. Uh, He's probably what twenty four in the uh, twenty four yeah, I mean, range, the, right? Yeah the the emergency alert signal will yes. be will be going full blare because Doug Peterson will put structure around him to succeed. I have no doubt around that. They tried to totally revamp the pass core. They're upgrading the offensive line. You know, it hopefully then it doesn't mean that they lose Lavisca Chenault throughout this because I was quite curious to see what that could mean for my boy Visca. But you know, maybe maybe. This game, Kansas City, would be even more appealing. So I'm not going to say don't trade him. But the Jacksonville was a train wreck last year. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence was just on board for the ride. He wasn't He wasn't the conductor uh, of that train. So, yeah, he gets he's getting a pass from me, and it seems like he's getting one from you as well. But, yeah, he is on high alert that if there's not some significant progress this year, it, it's cause for concern with him. Well, I, if he's not – think about this too – it, we're giving him a pass, but if he's not, you know, for, for the last five years before he was in, well, four years before he was in the NFL, if he's not the next Elway, Peyton Manning generational QB prospect, where, where do you even have him? You know what I mean? How much of that is baked into what we're doing here? What we saw last year, if it was, go back to another long-haired Jacksonville quarterback. What, what are you doing with Blaine Gabbert? Gabbert. Oh, this guy's garbage. So he's getting a lot of, the benefit of the doubt just because of all the hype that's surrounding him coming in. So if yeah. he, yeah, he, he's gets one more year of a free pass before I am willing to jettison him to the trash heap of history. Yeah. I mean, and he just found himself in an unenviable position down in Jacksonville. Right. I mean, they just have not been able to figure it out. So like literally ever <laughs> down to Duval. So unfortunate, it was not an idea. Listen, Chicago wasn't an ideal landing spot for Justin Fields. Jacksonville was not an ideal landing spot for Trevor Lawrence. But these quarterbacks land in these places because these teams suck. Yeah, by and large. They're not usually traded into, like, the next guy I was going to talk to, Trey Lance, who I have as 11. You have Trey Lance down at 17, even beyond the, the, the line of demarcation of this episode. 178 offensive snaps for Trey Lance last year. 71 pass attempts, 31 rush attempts. Didn't look great. Didn't look prepared by and large but no listen this this kid's not even 22 years old yet and barely played even college football so i'm taking a wait and see approach but the the potential is 
QB one. I mean, it's really what <laughs> Trey Lance brings a Josh Allen skill set to the table. Now, can he be Josh Allen? Can he grow in the NFL like Josh Allen had to? I don't know that, but he had 9.3 intended air yards per pass attempt last year, which is pretty impressive in the limited sample size. And you see, he's not hesitant as a rusher. So I'm still operating under the assumption that Jimmy Garoppolo is all but done in San Fran. And this will be Trey Lance's team this year and moving forward with those weapons. I am, I'm going to comfortably retain Trey Lance in my top 12 until, until, (laughs) until further notice. So all the reasons you gave for him are the reasons Mm -hmm. I'm kind of down on him. I don't think uh, Garoppolo's trade market was hampered because of his injury and he's not going to be ready until training camp starts. I think barring any kind of in-camp injury where somebody is desperate and they want to bring Garoppolo in, I am fully anticipating Garoppolo to be this Niners starting quarterback on week one. I think part of that is they do like him. And I think the other part is, like you mentioned, his experience, even in college, is limited. I don't think he's at all ready for the NFL. Do I agree with your upside assessment? Absolutely. But his downside is oh, there's, there's completely the way over his head. So that, that's where I got him sure. yeah. <laughs> down there. But Yeah, uh, I'm entirely with you. You know, he, he could implode. Um, and shouldn't shock anybody. I mean, yeah, this is what I, projection comes from, but to, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo is, they can like him as much as they want, but do they $20 million like him? I mean, that's ultimately what they're going to have to decide. And I don't know how much it was guaranteed at a certain point and whatnot, but this is the year that they can just walk away from him. I'm sure they want compensation for him. It's just unfortunate he had to get shoulder surgery this off season, which just all but eliminated him from this arms race that, just about every team entered into this uh, this off season. So, yeah, I mean, this is making assumptions, and your assumptions are are in, going the the other way. So, if that's the case, then sure, he needs to get bumped down because we're losing another year of being able to see him in that rookie window, which is very important, in my opinion, for these quarterbacks that they you, you don't get you don't sit for years anymore. I mean, this isn't this isn't Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, maybe a year, but you better. I get think it's field. trending that way. I think things are going back a little bit. I think uh, we might, we're talking Lance here. I, I think he absolutely benefited from sitting a year. I think the Bears shouldn't have rushed fields in there. I think he would have benefited from sitting. This entire draft class in 2022 needs to sit a oh, year. I don't- I don't disagree. So Some I, I, could benefit, and Trey Lance did need to benefit or did need to sit. I, Justin Fields only started I'm pretty short because Andy Dalton got hurt, so he, he wasn't that they deemed him, you know, ready. It's that they they had no other choice. I mean, I guess Nick Foles would have been another. I think didn't they even start Nick Foles and he got hurt? Correct. I feel like, I feel like there was multiple <laughs> multiple and injuries. Then Fields got hurt, and then Fields got himself hurt because the Chicago <laughs> offensive line was and, the, and they didn't fix it. And yeah. Fields is going out there. Yeah, and I agree with you. these guys this year need that that kind of time to, to grow and mature, but by and large, you don't get that opportunity anymore. You almost have to hit the ground running. If not definitely by year two, because you need to be evaluated by year four to see if they're even going to give you a fifth year option. So there, there's, there's no patience anymore, especially with first round draft picks, but you know, we will see on on Trey Lance getting to 12 is interesting. You have Mac Jones at 12. I have Tua at 12. I was shocked to see Jones. I actually had to like stop and I'm like, which who who is this? Daniel Jones? Mac Jones? Neither Jones. Why why is it Jones in John's top twelve? I really like Mac Jones. I mean, for, for whatever reason people are down on him. I don't have the stuff the numbers in front of me, but he was a more than capable NFL quarterback. And I don't I think he's the Patriots starter for the foreseeable future. So just having, you know, we're going through some of these guys going, "Ah, who knows if he even gets a second deal. This team might ruin him. Jones has a steady job and likely will for a decade. He wasn't in over his head coming in as a rookie, even going into the Patriots being, you know, Brady's replacement. I I think he is a very capable NFL quarterback. 12, I may be a tick high, but I mean, at some point getting – 
years out of a dynasty quarterback is worth something. And that's why I have him. Aaron Rodgers is next for me. What's Aaron Rodgers going to play? Three, four more years? I, I think Mac Jones is the Patriots starter till 2032. Yeah, hard to argue. I mean, he got the first round capital. He, you know, he was QB 18, you know, in total points last year, average 17.1 points per game. So nothing tremendous, but didn't, didn't throw up all over himself like the rest of these fuckers did. <laughs> yeah. When, yes. when, when it's all said and done. So I, I stability is, <laughs> is valuable. I'd still, he's, he's on the, the bottom half for me. Tua, I have maintained a quiet candle for Tua in the corner of my house for this entire process. When they were yanking him for Ryan Fitzpatrick in clutch spots, I was just like, oh, please don't blow out. Please don't blow out. Please don't blow out. And, you know, he held on. He persevered. He made it through all of the fucking bad days in South Beach, if that's even a thing. And now I'm looking at a quarterback – who has a team that's finally addressed the offensive line, brings a scheme of an offensive-minded head coach to him instead of the defensive-minded Brian Flores, trades for Tyree Kill a year after drafting Jalen Waddell, signs Cedric Wilson as a quality wide receiver three, retains Mike Kosicki, brings in all new backs, including Chase Edmonds, who's a plus pass catcher. The stars are aligning for Tua. His only thing is he doesn't run either. 42 for two, 128 and three touchdowns. So a couple touchdowns, you know, on his 13 starts. But he doesn't he doesn't run a lot either. I mean, we're not even talking 10 yards per game on the ground. So he's going to have to do it as a pass, as a, as a passer. And can he be that high end efficient passer to to really crack the the upper echelon? And that's what we're going to have to see. But he has no excuses now. I believe in his talent. He had the draft capital even coming off of that hip injury, and now he has all the weapons necessary to succeed in Miami. He's the polar opposite of the Josh Fields situation. This is what you're supposed to do if you want a young quarterback to succeed. But this is it. So you have him 12. I have him a few down at 15. Next year, he's either in both of our, what, probably top eight, or he's out of our top 25. So this is it for him NFL-wise and for fantasy. I mean, they they – I, you like him. I get why he's at 12. I, I don't dislike him. And given what they put around him, I have him at 15. But, yeah, it, it, it's make or break. He has no excuses not to finish this year in that top 12 and be a QB1. If he doesn't, it's a bust for the season. It's a it's a failure. I, I agree. I mean, this is his third year, so I think he'll, pro- he'll probably get one more. Because he's cheap, he's controlled, you know. But you know, to get that fifth-year option and to secure that mega deal mm-hmm. <laughs> after that, it needs to start now. I mean, we need to see significant progress from Tua, and I just am going to continue to believe that we do. Going down from that, Trevor Lawrence is my thirteen. Already referenced, him, so we won't talk about it anymore. You have Aaron Rodgers at thirteen. I have Aaron Rodgers down at sixteen for me. Aaron Rodgers is in his age thirty-nine season. Yeah, he just signed a new contract, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> he just lost Devonta Adams from his his security blanket of all security blankets, and yes, they have churned wide receivers in Green Bay through Aaron Rodgers' tenure. I mean, he had the James Jones, Greg Jennings experience that went to Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson was Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was Devonta Adams. I mean, there's always just been these guys in. In, in Green Bay that he could rely on. Is that Alan Lazard now? No, I don't, uh, sorry, I don't think no. so. I mean, is it old Randall Cobb? No. Is it no. often ACL Robert Tunyon? No. I mean, they have draft picks, but they're both later draft picks that they have to try and onboard a new receiver. But there's no way any rookie that goes to Green Bay is going to day one have Aaron Rodgers' trust. That guy yeah, is as fickle as they fucking come. Yeah. And he will doghouse anyone. If they run the wrong route or do something fucking stupid during the game. So I just, they can't fix the situation this year. And he's not above, you know, having talent around him. He's, he's not going in there. I know he's had some, some good games without Devontae Adams, but those are brief stretches across a season. I just am like, man, Aaron Rodgers, who was what, a top five quarterback last year, was the MVP the last two seasons. Yeah. You know, is now a 
fringy quarterback one in both of our, but not even, he's a quarterback two in both of our rankings. Sure. Yeah, I think their problem, and, and he created it with his fucking contract, they're in the salary cap problem. So he needs, they need to bring in, I think Jarvis Landry would be a great fit there. But, you know, we saw the thing on Twitter, Landry wants <laughs> $20 million a year. That ain't, that ain't happening anywhere. And it cannot happen in Green Bay. It's impossible. Beckham could possibly go there if he wants to take a one-year discount, but I don't see him wanting to do that coming off his Super Bowl um, win and performance. So they need a veteran. The problem is there isn't a veteran out there. Maybe after these cuts come in June when teams need to start cutting down and, and you know, getting – out of these cap situations that maybe somebody emerges there that isn't on the radar right now. But I, I agree with you on the rookies coming in there. I don't see him. Even if they double dip or they got that two at the end of the first, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they double dip and let's say, whatever, we'll just do the two Ohio state guys to make it easy. Wilson Olave are both great prospects. Neither will be there. Next. I mean, I just picked them because they're on the same college team and made it easy to – but you know what I'm saying? Like, even them coming in there, everything you said is true. I mean, Olave's a really good route runner, so you could see him kind of being his preferred target of the two, but you don't see either one of them getting the – fuck, what, 169 targets a year Adams was accustomed to seeing? So does he – and and Adam – and. Uh, Rogers is capable of spreading the ball around. He doesn't need to pepper one guy. So it's not as big of a problem as like, I think it's is with Mahomes with his main guy disappearing. So I, I I suspect he'll be there or on another team for another three or four seasons. And I disagree with you a bit. I think he is a tad weapon proof. I, I don't, you know, he can't, he might make Lazard fantasy viable for the whole season. Listen, no one's weapon proof, but can he still be successful without him? Yes, but no, it's relatively speaking. I mean, he's he's not going to be QB5. I'll, here I am. He won't be QB5 this year in fantasy football. Okay? That, that's, that's, the, that's the limb that I'm going out on with, with Aaron Rodgers. Those, can we point out the big winner here that's going to be for one of our favorites and both of us? Boy, I, they may get A.J. Dillon involved a lot more in the run game because Aaron Jones is going to catch a shit ton of footballs. He might be the wide receiver one in Green Bay this year. Yeah, I mean, one of the few people that has the trust of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And I'm looking at his Aaron Rodgers contract. I guess it's a, it was deemed a four-year, $200 million, but Spotrack's having is a three-year, $150 million, I guess, extension. So he signed through 2026, which will be his age. It says 43 season here. Um which makes sense because he's in his age 39 now. So accurate. His dead caps aren't unreasonable. It's only, only, only 28 mil this year. So the way it was structured, then it goes 31, 40, 59, and 53 for his dead, for his cap hits those years. But his dead cap this year, it's $151 million. There's <laughs> dead. So you're you're telling me he's going to make the roster. So yeah, next year, it's just a tad under $100 million in 2023. In 2024, his dead cap hit is only, it's, it's, all, it's funny money talk, but only $24 million. So it just plummets over those three years. There's a chance that Aaron Rodgers is his last two years in the NFL. And the way I, I just structured this contract was, was to move. I mean, he'll be 40 after the 23 season. I could honestly see him that this was intentional, like that even Green Bay knows he's got two more years. And he just didn't want to leave when he did. Wants to secure the bag. This is a fully guaranteed deal. So they'll still be paying him, <laughs> you know, after he after he leaves. But the dead caps are tenable, especially with how you're expecting the salary cap to go. So it goes from 24, 4, 8 in 24, down to 16 mil in 25, down to 8 mil in 26 before his contract expires. So... It's looking a little further into that. I also don't think that we should be expecting three to four more years of Aaron Rodgers. I think you should be expecting two. Anything more than that would would be a gift. 
But under him, we'll just, uh, just touch on these quickly. You have Jalen Hurts at 14. I have Jalen Hurts at 15. Um, and then you had, and we, we referenced it, uh, Justin Fields down at 16 for you. So that's all of our guys. Jalen Hurts, I just think because of what he brings as a rusher, and he's young enough that I don't think either of us could have, with any good conscience, placed him outside the top 16. I just still don't believe that he's a long-term answer in Philadelphia. There's not a good enough quarterback that will be available in the teens this year that I think the Eagles even use a draft pick to bring in that competition. But I could see that changing dramatically next year. What my hope is as an Eagles fan is they move one of these three picks for a 2023 first a la dynasty move here. So let's go. Let's get back. Let someone come up here and get the 16 and take a late first and their 23 first. Or let's fuck it. Give me your 22 second and your 23 first. And you can have yeah. you know the, the third of my, you know, first round picks this year and I'll have more ammunition to move around the board next year when some of these franchise caliber quarterbacks are going to hit uh, the NFL draft. So I just, I'm not there with Jalen Hurts. I, I wasn't to begin with. Nothing has changed for me. They remade the offense around him to protect against his weaknesses rather than try to like maximize him in any capacity. And it was why they became extremely run-based and were successful. And it was predicated around our offensive line more than anything else. So still highly skeptical of Jalen Hurts as a quarterback one. I know you're not a fan of his, and I know you would what like gave, What gave you that opinion? <laughs> yeah, the, the three years of chatting. Um, but he – I wonder – you look at that division. Washington was surprisingly terrible last year, and there's no reason they won't suck again this year. I don't think they're in the conversation for winning the division. The Giants are among the worst teams in football. Dallas, we've seen shit the bed and not live up to expectations in various years over the last decade or so. If Philly ends up, even if they don't have the world's greatest record, but if Philly ends up winning this division again, do you think they still address Hertz as a problem? Like I, I get where your criticisms are, and I, I think a lot of them are valid. But if they end up winning their division, which are they? The, Dallas is probably the favorite on paper, but I, I, I getting better. So you're eyes. saying if they win the division in spite of themselves again, like they just did this past year. And made the playoffs uh, as a wild, well, they didn't win the division. Make make the playoffs. They were a wild card team last year. Should should that give Jalen Hurts latitude? I, I think it does. Is what I'm saying. I don't I don't care whether it should or shouldn't. But I think they go to the playoffs again. And if he shows a little, obviously, if he sucks and they they're winning despite him, we're having a different conversation. But I mean, if he plays as he did last year or takes even a slight on field improvement. I don't see them doing that. Why Why are they going to move on? They got a young guy. Today's NFL, you need a mobile quarterback. That's what they've got. I don't think anybody dislikes him. He seems to be a pretty popular guy in, in, in the locker room and with ownership and everyone that's coached him. So he seems like somebody who even if everyone in Philly hates him and he, he isn't as good as the team's production is with him at the helm he seems like he could be lingering even if there are other guys available in the draft for a couple years longer than you might like yeah i don't disagree i mean i I, there's a world where i'm wrong here and i just think you know six to 17 games at this point now so 35 percent of the season against those subpar teams i mean i'm gonna be interested to see what the eagles do this year you know do they take a step forward if the offense is still largely the same i mean that tells me everything i need to know about jalen hurts and the eagles view on jalen hurts if they don't become more pass heavy and trust him more um to win them games then then no i I don't think just because they might be a, a nine and eight wild card team does that guarantee you know that they don't explore options next year i mean they were by all accounts, fully in on Deshaun Watson and trying to bring him to Philly. He, Watson didn't want to come to Philadelphia for whatever reason. So they they were already looking at it, like, just like Cleveland said, when a player of that caliber comes available, you, you have to do your due diligence. But they've already looked 
into alternatives for Jalen Hurts in, in whatever capacity you want to you want to deem fit. But the ringing endorsements here in Philadelphia, those those bells don't ring too loud, in my opinion. It's a lot of like peak Carolisms, for lack of better words. Where yes, Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback. Yeah. If the season started today, Jalen Hurts would be our yeah. starting quarterback. Jalen Hurts has done everything in his power to earn the starting quarterback position for the, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, we are going to build this team around Jalen Hurts. Like I, I haven't seen that at all. I, I've got a quick question for you as we conclude the top 16 there and wrap this up. Let's pretend Watson goes back to Houston. We probably have him similar to where he is already. Where does Mayfield squeeze in for you if, if none of this happens and he's just going into this year as the Browns quarterback? Uh, he'd be he wouldn't be on this top sixteen for me, regardless. I mean, I have never I've been as high as you ever were on Baker. Um, I just don't think he's that viable of a fantasy asset. He'd probably be close to twenty. For me, yeah, I'm thinking just I wrote this down as we were talking. I think 16, 17 ish for me. But yeah, that's yeah, not, there's not, not a ringing I, endorsement from either one of us. Yeah. I mean, I would still take 38 year old Aaron Rodgers over Baker Mayfield in a dynasty startup draft. And I have Aaron Rodgers at 16. So best case for yeah. old Baker is 17. And there's probably some. Listen, we're talking startup. I would take the flyer on Malik Willis over Baker Mayfield. So they're 17. So now he's 18. There's a handful of names. I didn't even take Mac Jones, who you said is you know a 10 year guaranteed starter uh, over him. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. I mean, as names just start coming to my head, I mean, Baker's plummeting down the list. Yeah. Even if you were the Browns quarterback, he'd probably be in the, in the mid 20s, to be honest with you. I just, you know, guy who came in first overall pick thought it'd be interesting to see where we were in a perfect world for him. And it's not the shit world. (laughs) Listen, get your shit together, Trevor Lawrence. Life comes at you fast as the the first overall pick for a shit franchise. True story. So, yeah, that'll wrap it up. That's the top half of uh, Dynasty rankings for quarterbacks. I believe going to be looking at tight ends next week, then running back and wide receiver might be switched. Not sure. We'll play it by ear. So if you enjoyed this, be sure to check out the next couple weeks heading into the draft. We'll break that down. But uh, that should do it for us. For myself, John DeBryer, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box War, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Baker Mayfield? <laughs>